This is the Epilogue Audio Experience. Hi everyone, Om Shanti. Welcome to Where East Meets West, a collaboration between Epilogue and America Meditating Radio. I'm your host, Sister Jenna, and thank you for taking the time to join us as we learn more about our culture and the way that the culture of India has influenced so many parts of the world. Even though we're only 1% in the United States of America, what a powerful 1% that we have become in this country. Some of the most incredible leaders and voices of transformation are actually emerging because of that 1%. And even though I wasn't born in India, but I was raised here and my dad's Indian and my my mother is Jamaican, I can feel it. I feel it. I go to India every year. The only time I haven't been back is because of COVID. But I've been to India at least 50 times in my lifetime. So, you know, declare me whatever you wish. But I know at the end of at the end of it all, we're all souls playing out a part, right? But for whatever it's worth, today we want to talk about the role of Indians outside of India that are making a difference. Raised in a small suburb in Chattigarh, a state in central India, Shana made her way to New York at the age of eight years old. After pursuing a law degree out of respect for her parents' sacrifices, Shanu would return to her parents' homeland at the age of 35, only to find herself and her passion in life. Can you believe it? But it was there that she found her passion for creating sustainable jewelry that is affordable, beautiful, and gives back to her home community. And upon returning home, she decided to start Shana Golati Jewelry. Each of Shana's pieces draw inspiration from the beauty, lifestyle, style and culture of her native India and current home of New York City. Today we welcome Shana Galati to where East meets West. Thank you Shana for joining us. Very warm welcome. Thank you for having me. <laughs> so let's get right into it. Why did you decide to change from being a lawyer into starting your own line of jewelry? Come to think of it, I kind of love you for doing that. I've been wanting to sing like Adele and I can't seem to st- to do it. So I'm just saying that when you actually move into your passion, it's a lot of courage. Well, the funny thing is, it's not even a passion that I knew that I had. Um, it's it was just sort of a organic um, path that that I guess was there, but I needed to sort of find my footing in it. Um, law. It, it's funny. I did it. Yeah. Like, I think, you know, coming from a traditional Indian family, the older child, I think, takes the brunt of higher education and moving forward as fast as far as you can with education. So I went to law school. My parents were a little bit of a factor, but I actually really enjoyed law school. I love if I could go back and just be in school, I would be happy, super, super happy. But pursuing a career in law was a whole other beast and a whole other uh, ball game that I just I don't think I would have actually been very good at it because my heart was never really in it. Um, so I'm glad that all these doors that I thought should have been open for me after going to law school, passing the bar, you know, there's a lot that goes into to taking the bar and sitting down and, and passing it, but they were all closed. All of them were closed. Um, and of course, I mean, this is like such a cliche line, but in hindsight, I'm so glad they were closed um, because at the time, it was brutal. It was, uh, especially living in New York, because the first question you're asked in New York is not who you are, what do you like to do? It's what do you do? 
that's how you were defined in New York. Um, so it was a really tough path, I have to say. So it's not this romanticized story that I, you know, went to India for a wedding one time and I thought, <laughs> oh my goodness, the colors, the people, the culture, many it. It was, um, it's not that, it, it's a real story. I didn't know what I was gonna do. And I had to sort of figure it out. And I always say, not not only did the doors like shut in my face, I had to build my own door and figure out what that door was going to open into. Um, and it took a while. It took a really long time. And without the support, financial support of my brother and the emotional support of my parents, there is no way this would have existed. Um, and people are, you know, people are always sort of surprised. They're like, oh, but your parents weren't upset. You went to law school and you just sort of threw that away. I go, not only did I go to law school, but I also got my master's in law and I threw that away too, apparently. Why? Why? Why did you do that? What was happening in terms of your thoughts? What What was going on? I mean, you had invested energy in something that at one point you love. Like I said, I think the invested energy was in the education of it, not the application of it. They're two totally, completely different realms of existing, right? I mean, school is you're sort of like in this bubble it's it's a safety bubble and you're just you're there to just think and and to figure it out but when you get out there it's billable hours it's pushing paper it's answering to people it's not even i don't know there was like no passion for it and i knew i would be bad at it and like it's just i mean what is the point if you're going to be bad at it and be really unhappy yeah it's an education i don't think it was a waste of an education i, I don't think that just because you have an education in something doesn't mean that you can't pursue something else things can overlap in life um not everything is so black and white and it's never been so black and white I agree. I get that. So I understand that your jewelry is handcrafted by a small team of artisans in Jaipur, India. Yeah. Tell us a little bit about Shana Kaladi jewelry and its connection with Bharat. Sure. So when I started this, I decided um, I was really mindful and conscious of the fact that I did not want to do this anywhere else but India. Um, I mean, I'm Indian, obviously, but it was also because it was like what you said, it's just there's this India has always been a bizarre savior for me in my lifetime. Whenever I have had a low moment in life, for some reason, India is what helps me through it. Um, I can't explain it. I don't, I, it's just the connectivity. It's a feeling, it's, it's, a, it's a way that it carries me through. Um, so I went back to India. I had no idea what I was doing, zero. I mean, I had come from a background of law. You know, I had gone to law school, I passed the bar exam, I did my master's in law, nothing. I didn't even know the difference between what sterling silver or brass or what vermeil meant or what a semi-precious stone was or what was precious stone and what, what different types of settings, nothing, like zero. Um, so now that I think about it, it sounds even crazier actually that I did it. <laughs> Um, <laughs> India. And it was really, you know, the first I spent three months there sort of just lugging myself around, just trying to meet as many people as possible. It, again, it was really organic. You don't when, when people say, Oh, did you have a game plan? Did you have an idea of what were you going to do? And I said, No, I'm like, you can't go to India with a game plan. The game plan doesn't exist. Game plan, <laughs> there is no game plan. And there should not be a game plan because you will be so distraught upset yeah. <laughs> you will just wonder what the hell have i done there were many moments i would be standing on the street and i'd be like what 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 am i doing here what have i like what do i think that i'm going to accomplish in this insane chaotic 
moment where everything is coming at you and you still don't even know what you're doing. But the thing with India, and I think, I think you also just have to have this thing in you where you just sort of like, there's so much, like there's so much physical noise, but there's so much internal noise as well. Um, And you just have to say like, you know what, one thing needs to click. If one thing works, the next will come and the next will come and the next will come. So many yeah. things did not click, but the one thing that, that eventually did click, 10 years later, I'm still here, built a little family, a work family around it, um, love going back. It's, it just, you know, it brings me back to India, it brings me back to the people that I have now call my, my work family. It's, 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 it's a bond that we all have. And we- How'd create- you end up? How'd you end up in Jaipur finding your team? Is that just where the best pieces were for you? No, it's, I mean, it's basically, you know, the gem center of India. Um, So I ended up finding the first person, the manufacturer. This is a really weird thing, but I'm going to say it. And people are going to (laughs) be just sort of talking about when I met him. um, He actually, he was one of the most respectful people. He came out to greet me, say namaste, you know, how are you? Like, welcome, welcome to Jaipur. When we shook hands, I remember noticing this and I, and I, and to this day, like everyone is like, you're insane. And I'm like, no, 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 I promise you his hands. I swear, his hands look exactly like my father's hands. He has the same exact, it, it's like the same fingers, the same hands, the same handshake. Like, and there was just like, there was a trust that just came so, um, easily and so quickly with him. Um, and there was, and you know, people always say, Oh, be careful in India. You never know. There was no, there was no second thought about trusting this person. And we have been through hell together. I mean, I've caused hell for him, (laughs) but he has stuck through me. And then through him, you know, I just found people around me and funny, the people that I have found to work with me, they're just such lovely, genuine, sweet, wonderful people. And we all love what we do. So it's not really work. It's, it's never been work and you can't really have work. Well, well, maybe that's you at your base. You know, when we come to the West, we do sometimes get a little bit on the surface. We kind of master the surface a lot. And maybe deep down inside is just what those people are that are around you that are working with the company. And that's who you really are. However, when you're in this paradigm, it's like, as you were saying earlier, the show, you know, what you do, how much you earn. But one of the things I wanted to kind of look at is the stories that your jewelry pieces tell. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. How do you do that? What's that about? So let's start with it. I'll pick one random collection. One random collection. Um, I think we did it, did it last year, 2021. And it's called Vakt, which means time in Urdu. So the pieces have this ombre effect because to me, the last year, just sort of, I never knew when the day began, when the day ended. And the time just sort of came in and out of your stream of consciousness or your even existence. Like I would never know. I'm like, Oh, it's five, it's five o'clock. What day is it? I'm sorry. What month is it? I didn't even like, even today I was like, are we in February? Um, <laughs> your last, I think it happened for a lot of people. So the ombre effect is just, you know, it's like one color scheme flows into another and you don't know where it begins and where it ends. And so all of the pieces in this collection are named, um, 
they're, they're, it's the word for time in different languages. So that's one collection. Another collection is, um, I'm looking at some of the pieces actually in front of me. Um, it was called Banjara, which is nomad in, in, in Hindi. So all of, and this was like when I was first starting out and I was just sort of like running from place A to place B, place C, just trying to figure it all out. So all the places in the Banjara, the nomad collection are named after towns in India, like Hapur, um, trying to think what else there is, uh, Indore. I mean, it's just, they're all over the map. So they all have a story. And I think they should have this one. Oh, the Ajmer rings. So Ajmer is, you know, Ajmer. So, and they've actually been one of the best sellers, oddly enough, but nothing to do with the name. But uh, yeah, so they all have stories. And I think they should all have stories. Otherwise it's just making jewelry for no reason. <laughs> so amazing. When you look at what drives you to do your sustainable jewelry collection, um, can you identify one specific thing inside of you? It's, it's sort of um, finding perfection and imperfection because that's what this is. It's, it's slices of diamonds that would have been discarded. So they would have had no, they would have had no alternative way of living. And then the way that they're set, it's giving them a new life, but it's giving them a new life in the way that no two pieces can actually ever be the same. Just like we are, we are all imperfect to the core, but there's perfection in that imperfection. Um, so I kind of like it. I don't like it when things are, because I actually, funny enough, I was on QVC for a hot minute and they were very adamant. They were like, but they need to look the same. They need to be this and we should do this in China. And I was really adamant on the fact, no, they are what they are because of the fact that they're imperfect. And I refuse to go and steer away from India. That is not, to me, this is not, uh, you know, in five years, the market cap will be XYZ and I'm going to sell it for XYZ. That's not what the intention of this whole company is. Um, I like the the size of it. I like the, the intimacy of it. I like the quality of it. And I like that it makes, it makes people feel something when they wear it. It's not that they walk around and they say, oh, look how pretty my diamonds are. It's not that it evokes something in them, whatever it is that they need to feel for that day, whether it's just getting out of bed, feeling a little bit prettier, feeling a little bit stronger, feeling a little bit more sexier, whatever it is. It's wonderful. It's so inspiring, you know, when I hear you speak and just when I hear and I see you, you're just such a burst of energy. And it's as if there's a call in you that's just happening without you even having any control whatsoever over it. Oh <laughs> and <my God>. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. a lot. But I think that's really good, though. I think that's great. And I think your jewelry is carried in quite a lot of stores. What are some of the stores and and how do we actually get your jewelry? You can go to sleep and pray and the next, next morning it'll be on your pillow. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Um, so it is it's it's hard to like keep account of how many of the actual retailers there are active accounts. But I want to say. There's probably like 50 or 60 active event, uh, accounts throughout the U.S., a couple internationally. Um, and then just, you know, funny enough, like with not funny enough, like haha, but with COVID, there was a moment, I think, for a lot of small businesses where you sort of had to decide, OK, am I going to just hide underneath my bed and wait for this to pass and, and hope that everything goes back to what it was? Because that's all I know. Or 
do I sort of like pull myself, pull myself up by the bootstraps and reinvent, refigure, recalibrate, and, and just sort of redefine how to make this and make this work. And at that time, you know, brick and mortar stores were, they were shut. So there was no form of business with accounts that I had. Um, so that's exactly what I did. So we actually created a really, really strong website. I mean, it takes so much work, so much effort, so much money, so much everything. And it's great. It's, it's, I think, you know, in a, in a ironic way, COVID helped to reshape the business and to yeah. give it a different, um, a, a, another identity. I don't want to say a different identity and another form of identity um, and, a, and, a, and a place for people to come. So it, seem, it seems that COVID has given us all an opportunity to reinvent ourselves completely uh, in so many ways. Yeah. You were right where we were just waiting for it to pass within two weeks or a month. Okay, three months. Okay, six yeah. months, a year, two years. What, what in the world is going on? What do I need to do? You know, on this show, we want to sometimes highlight some of the victories that our wonderful, you know, guests have in their lives. And we've all been through a challenge, Shana, and no one's, no one's void of going through some sort of a interesting experience in life. When you look back and remember maybe a specific challenge that brought you to your knees, do you remember what was it that you pulled from to get out of it? A specific challenge. Um, I wouldn't say I have a specific challenge, but I would just say that there are just so many curveballs that get thrown at you that obviously you don't expect. And I would say, you know, I would say my confidence, my um, sort of keeping focus and just onwards and upwards. Um, I think there's a part of me that, that it's, it, it's in my core, but I, and I, and I've said this before, I am super lucky. And it's funny. I use the word super. Cause I use the word super 10 times yesterday. My niece kept saying, stop saying super. Um, I'm so lucky that I was blessed really with the family that I have because you cannot do this without support. You cannot, you cannot j jump through these obstacles and come out with your head up and, and, and keep going forward without there's inner voices, but then you need those external voices to sort of help validate that inner voice. Um, so I wouldn't say I've had one, I think they come every day. Um, there hasn't been one that's been, you know, that uh, sort of like a defining moment. Um, yeah, I just, I, I just, it's every day. Like uh, so for our listeners who may be interested in a career in the fashion industry, <laughs> what does it take to create a successful career? Oh my goodness. Um, unfortunately you do need money. Um, and, and, and it's, it's such a, it's such a, a weird dichotomy because you just want to create and create, create, but in order to create, you need to have funding. Um, I, it's, I wouldn't even call this a, I, I feel like I didn't really take this, uh, like a normal route. I don't think anyone really takes a normal route to this. And I think it's going to be different for everyone but you do have to have something that's unique and different or the way you define it is unique and different. There's just so much of the same, same, same stuff out there. Um, and at the end of the day, 
people are going to come to you because of you. So whatever it is that you are, this is an extension of you. So just keep that close to your heart because the more you veer from it, the less it becomes an extension of you and just another piece of whatever it is, t-shirt or earring or shoes or whatever it is that you're designing. Just, just keep it close to who you are and why you did it. Beautiful. So you partner with an organization called Commit to Change. I read up a little bit about them. It was very lovely. But could you tell our listeners about this particular organization that you're supporting, but also why has it become really important for you to keep giving back? Well, I mean, it took me a while because, you know, I, I kind of had to get to get the business to a point. And it's still, I mean, it's, I wouldn't say it's completely there yet whatsoever, but it's, it's getting there that I wanted at some point to be able to give back to some cause in India that you also had transparency of um, and, and be able to understand exactly where, you know, the funds are going and to whom and how it's helping whomever. So um, a long time ago, uh, this friend, oh, she's an acquaintance, she had started this with some other people and we just always kept in touch and, you know, I would see things about it and I would see different events about it. And it's a small organization and I have a direct connectivity with one of the founders. So it just makes it that much easier to understand what's happening and education for girls. There's nothing greater that's more important um, to me personally. And it was just a really easy fit. And I just decided last year, you know, money comes and goes, goes a lot, <laughs> but it'll come back. So if you can give a little, why not? And that, that was really it. I just decided that I was just going to give an X amount of our sales to commit to change. Thank you for doing that. Really appreciate it. I'm always blamed for giving away too much. I have this bad habit that I'll even give you the shirt off my back and go cold. It's an imbalance. <laughs> I have to fix that. But um, it's so difficult in this in this place to feel not guilty sometimes about what you have and what others don't. It's hard. Yeah. Hard. Yeah. 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 I think you gain a lot of strength in giving. And when you take too yeah. much from society and people, it gets you very tired. You know, you get exhausted taking, but you get filled when yeah. you're the giver. You know, I love that. Best yeah. piece of advice you've received so far? Just focus, block out the noise. The noise is always going to be there. And it's just, it's, that's exactly what it is. It's just noise. Just look at, look at the road ahead create the road that you want. It may not exist. Don't always look for a road that that's there for you. You might have to pave it for yourself. It's there. Just figure it out slowly, but, but be good to yourself. Don't be so, and that, that that's what I, I, and I've noticed that about myself. I'm very hard on myself, very harsh about, you know, this went wrong or that went wrong. And why me? Why not? I think everybody does that, but just be kinder to yourself. And that's, that's the only real advice I can give, but focus and work hard. And that's, you know, it's every day is a hustle and the word hustle is not such a bad thing. It's, it's, you're out there and you're putting yourself out there and you're doing everything in your power to, I don't know if you're actually ascertaining a dream that you have, or you might be sort of envisioning a dream for yourself. You never know. So until you try, you have no idea what this world has for you. Next five years look like what to you? 
I have no idea and I don't really even care. <laughs> I don't know. And, and I, that's just like, it's, I was another question. Somebody asked like, what, what, what are the next, what is a five-year plan? And I was like, the five-year plan in this world, in this business doesn't exist because you, there are so many variables that you have zero control over. There is no blueprint to, okay, you know, you, you did this position for two years. The next one should be that if I was a lawyer, you know, it'd be first year, second year, third year, then partner, and then whatever it is, or I don't even know how many years in between partner and third year associate, but there is no, there is just, there's, there is no blueprint. You have to just figure it out. And I didn't know anything about design. I just, and I, I, I don't know, maybe you're right. Maybe it's something that was in me and I just sort of happened to fumble upon it because what I thought was my path just did not work out for me. Um, so maybe I got lucky. I don't know. I don't have any of the answers. All I know is that tomorrow is another day and we continue. Well, you did say you were super, super, super lucky. I and am Denise was like super, super. Could you rub that super, super, super luck on everyone? I will <laughs> share that in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. That luck and that love, like those are without those. It, it's luck, love. And yeah, you have to have some kind of a knack, some kind of a talent for sure. Something there. So as we come to a close, one of the big things that I talk a lot about is self-care, individual struggle mm -hmm. with being able to take care of themselves spiritually, mentally, emotionally. You know, anxiety rates are really high right now. Mm -hmm. um, let's just say that Shana really needs to take care of her interior world. What does she do to do that? Um, I think in the beginning of the conversation, I said, I'm, I'm trying to get to India. That's what I do. <laughs> I don't know. It's just something, it comes at the right time. Um, yeah. Change, you know, like I think, and I was talking to you about moving. I think there are fundamental things that happen. Um, COVID is one of them. And it just, it alters the way you want to progress and, and, and move forward with life. So in terms of a daily self-care, boxing. That's about it. And eating right. Box. I mean, yeah, box. yeah, eating right. Um, nieces, spending a lot of time with my my four nieces. <laughs> Sounds yeah. sweet. Yeah, that's that's magical. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. Can you leave us with a website that best gives us information more on how to find you? Sure. It's just uh, my name, Shauna, S-H-A-N-A-G-U-L-A-T-I dot com. Shana Galati, thank you so much. Congratulations for all that you're doing. And I'm so glad that I've met somebody who just lives in the moment, you know, and she's just super, super, super psyched in whatever's going to happen in the next second. And she just moves according to that rhythm. Touche to you, Shana. That's the way to go. That's what I call real spirituality. Thank you so, so much. Thank you. Talk to you. <laughs> So everyone, look at that. Sometimes you don't need to know what your call is. Can you imagine from lawyer to designer of jewelry and not only just jewelry, jewelry that has a story that connects you to something more important about you and maybe just the world around you. Have you had a chance to really dive into your depth and find what's at your core trying to come out of you? I would recommend that you do that now because the moment you start to live that passion, that part of you that you don't care what the world says, you really will be breathing. 
you really feel the essence of why you're here. Thank you so much for joining us on Where East Meets West. Remember, no one can take away your happiness unless you give them permission. I suspect we're actually here to love each other the same. I'm just, I suspect that very much <laughs> because we can't do it any other way. Anyway, stay tuned and thank you so much for all that you do. And thank you for tuning in. Take care and see you again soon.